is not the guns. It's God. Good morning. Having my morning cup of joe and remunerating the events of recent days. The mass shootings and the mass crime in Chicago and Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles. It's not the guns, folks. It's God. Not the presence of God, but the absence of him. The vilification of him. The excising and extraction, extricating of him from our public conversation. The narrative of life. Our flat out hatred of him. And denial of him. How we venerate any visage of him. From our courts, our public systems. Because when all's been said and done, it looks like we hate God. Or we'll love a criminal, more mercy, grace to the criminal, ever before we consider God. We want no part of him. No semblance of him. And we want the eradication of him from anything remotely connected to our founding, our history, our traditions, our legacy. What is it? Societies have never proven more advancement or achievement where God was not present, but where there was a moral measure standard given by that seemingly religious belief, people seem to in that vacuum grow the greatest seeds of compassion and empathy. Preservation, success and progress for forward mobility, for the good of the entire society or tribe. Without that shame for individual right of debauchery or hedonism. Without that, people are left to be consumed by their free will. Without the structure of the spiritual hierarchy. Without that 
spiritual arc in life. Men succumb to the baser instincts. It is what gives order and purpose. And now you see the average 18 to 29-year-old in America without joy of living or purpose, consumed by self-indulgement, self-cannibalism. We're killing ourselves, and we're eating ourselves away. Either drowning ourselves in alcohol, or inducing the numbing of ourselves with opioids and all kinds of barbiturates and pot, cannabis, weed, psychedelics. It is as if there is this secret, well-designed campaign to kill us off, depopulate us. Voluntarily, so. I mean, there was a day when armies could just come in and wipe out a population. Now, let's get them to wipe themselves out. And to do so voluntarily. To take that proverbial gun and put the bullet through their own heads. But we'll give them other things to use other than a gun. That's so crude. And rudimentary. Let's give them the thing that consumes and eats away at their mind, their soul, their heart, and their body. They'll take themselves out, their whole family out, each other out. They'll take the schools out, the shopping malls out, the theaters out, the public square out. They'll stab them, shoot them, run them over, poison them, strangle them. Or just quietly go away in some asylum or underneath some street bridge in San Francisco or Los Angeles. The number one threat for black Americans are just other black Americans. It's not the cops. And it's not the KKK. Or the white nationalists. We're destroying and cannibalizing ourselves because we listen to any and everything except the voice of God. We'll listen to a voice of a woman, the voice of a politician, the voice of a preacher, but we won't listen to the voice of God. And each of us, if we are willing and open, can innately hear, if we have ears and the will to hear, the voice of God, the truth that he speaks into each of our inner God spark, our soul. We are all created with that image, that piece of him that sits there latently waking, waiting to be awakened. All we have to do 
is open ourselves up to something more than the venue of our hate, our prejudice, our bias, and our unforgiveness for what our parents did or didn't do and what society has or has given us. Our anger towards God because of the inequity of men, the inability of men, and the imperfection of men. Now directed towards the one flawless, perfect, equitable entity that can show us a way out and a way up. Our Father, our Creator. But instead, we claim we don't believe in Him and then blame Him. Well, you can't blame something that you don't believe in. It's hardly God's fault. Breaking news, atheist. He doesn't exist. So how can you blame him? You'll have to blame yourselves for every problem and every inequity and every injustice on this planet because God does not exist. Therefore, you are the problem. Not God. In the vernacular of the believer, we understand that ultimately it is God's problem. It's God's planet. It's God's property. It's God's possession. Therefore, it's God's solution. Mom used to say, you made your bed, now lay in it. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You got down, get up. Well, because this world is under God's design and God's power and God's control, then ultimately, I guess God is the answer, isn't he? You can hardly argue that, atheist, because you yourself believe that man is the problem for climate change, contamination and pollution. And therefore, you yourself say man is therefore the answer. After all, are you turning to an alien from another planet to solve the problem that you caused? No, you turn to yourselves. If you've made the problem, if you're the cause of the problem, well then, I guess the remedy is you. So now, the very people that caused the problem have to fix the problem. Isn't that so? Isn't that why you who've caused the problem, your species, who've caused the problem, none are writing laws to fix the problem, getting rid of straws, stop eating meat to live longer, figuring out an escape plan to go and retire on Mars or the moon because you're the problem. And you're looking to other people who are the problem to fix the problem. The very people who are part of the problem don't have to fix the problem. I guess that doesn't make sense. But that's the only answer you have. Because the very laws that you've made, you rewrite new laws to fix those problems. So you're constantly causing problems and fixing the problems. And the only problem that I see is that you're in control of both. And yet, God, who you blame, you do not give him that same right or privilege 
Well, then I guess if he caused a problem, it's up to him to fix the problem. That's the whole reason why Jesus came. That's the whole point, purpose of uh, a point of redemption. God made man, and when he made that covenant with Abraham, he also designed a way for man's out. I made you? Well, then I'll figure out a way to unmake the problem. And I'll make a pathway for redemption because of your corruption. Because ultimately, you're my problem. I made you. Imagine if parents did that more with their children. But God does that with us. He didn't leave it up to man to save himself. Man didn't even make himself. So God goes, you're my responsibility. I'm accountable for you. I'll make a way out for you as well. I'll give you the pathway to redemption, to salvation, to sanctification. Here it is. Just like you, atheist, secularist, humanist, socialist, who figure out you can fix a problem that you've caused, or ultimately is in your control. Well, blame yourselves, but fix yourselves. Now, sadly, you can't fix yourselves. Oh, you have some monicum of responsibility and culpability and complicity, but ultimately you can't even fix yourselves. You can play a role and participate in the solution, but that is something above your pay grade, outside of the purview of your knowledge and responsibilities. Ultimately, the thing that made you, that created you, is responsible for that. So that leads you right back around to ground zero. Your maker, God. It ain't guns, folks. It's God. When a nation bows itself, and when I say a nation, I'm talking about individual homes, just fathers and mothers, because that's what a nation is made of. Every politician, every leader, every business person is a sum of a home somewhere. Somebody's house where they were raised, where somebody got married and had kids. And if you don't raise those kids right or be right, they go out and they rob and rape the neighbor. And if they don't rob and rape the neighbor, they're robbing, rape the businesses. If they don't rob and rape the businesses, they're rob and rape the county or the state. Or the nation. Or the world. It's a compounding effect. A domino. Of events. Because we didn't do it right in the beginning. It's got to start in the home. Yeah, you've heard that before. It sounds so simple, but it's so true. It's got to start with fathers raising their children. Putting God on the doors of their heart. A mezuzah. I believe they call that. In Judaism, the writing of the rules and the law and the Torah, the spiritual direction from the outside of the house to the inside of the track of training. Deuteronomy chapter six. In the morning, in the afternoon, when you're walking about in life and at night, fathers, raise your children and God. We've got to get back to the one true law legislation in our lives that will change everything. Not gun control, God control. 
and God control is simply this. Not you in control of God, but God in control of you. Invite him. Welcome him back. Behold, he stands at the door of our hearts, our homes, and he knocks. Let him in. Let him in today. He'll come in to stay. Open up your heart and let the Lord come in. Somebody's knocking, 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 and it must be Jesus. Why don't you let him come in? Somebody's knocking, 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 and it must be Jesus. Won't you let him come in? Let him in today. He'll come in to stay. Open up your heart and let the Lord come in.